Retain Podcast. Hey there, Gang Grow Retain. Uh, this is Jeff. Just wanted to take a quick minute and let you know that the annual conference for Higher Logic called Super Forum is, uh, is back and happening. It's October 19th through the 21st. Uh, it's a free and virtual event, and we wanted to make sure and spread the invite to all of you. It's, uh, it's going to be chock full of stuff around community, customer success, customer experience, really trying to help you all think about 2022 and make sure we can drive retention initiatives. So um, drop into the description of this episode and sign up. Awesome. So I got my old friend, Jacob. Say, say your last name for me, because I, I think I always mess it up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Jacob Lawfer. Um, okay. it's, All right. it's, it's actually funny you say that because, um, like when I was like, uh, uh, middle school wrestling and I set like a pin record within like six or seven seconds. I think it, I hope it's still like a record at Benton middle school. Um, but they, most people put like a French accent on it. So Lafleur. I can't tell you, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I get like Lafleur or something to, or like from from Canada or, or or one of those places. Perfect. All right. Well, it seems like I should know that if I'm calling you my good friend, right? So, <laughs> Jacob Lawfer. So you and I met at Snag a Job several years yeah. ago now, and Jacob was in FP&A, financial planning and analysis, at the time. So we'll touch on that because I think that's super interesting background relative to where what you know about customer success and what you're doing. Uh, it's just a really interesting tie-in. But um, before we get started, I got a little bit of an ice, icebreaker question for you. I didn't prepare you for this, and that was intentional. So the question is, and you already gave us a little glimpse into your life there with a the wrestling anecdote, which is pretty funny, but what what Jeopardy category would you absolutely dominate? Oh, definitely sports. Yeah. Um, okay. and, and anything, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers history or uh, – you know, anything Tom Brady related right now, Okay. you know, when he joins your team, you kind of, you kind of, uh, you fall in love all over again. Oh, all right. That's cool. So how, how come, why, why Tampa Bay? Why, why is that your team? Yeah. So this is the, the, the next question that gets every single time that I say that, uh, you know, the, the real answer is that the Washington football team was never any really good, despite my, um, you know, my mom uh, and dad, our, our big Washington football team fans, it breaks their heart every day. Um, but uh, Warwick Dunn was my, you know, growing up as a kid in, in my adolescence, um, you know, Florida State football, he was just fantastic. He would return all the punts, return all the kicks. Um, and he went to the Tampa Bay Bucks, so I just kind of followed. And okay. That was right in their heyday, you know, 2002. Um and, uh, you know, we won the Super Bowl and it just kind of uh, stuck. Um, you know, I did have to, you know, relive the, the past decade of really not being very good. But, uh, you know, it's it's been well worth the wait. That That's funny. Well, now I'm doubly sorry that Jeff isn't here because Jeff is our sports guy. I'm like the not intentionally, but like the anti sports guy. I know nothing about sports. I know a lot about a lot of other things, but just. I'm not any good on sports. So, but, but I have heard that Tom Brady does not eat things that are red. Have you, you know about yeah, that? I mean, he's, he wouldn't, um, he definitely wouldn't want to have anything that would cause too much inflammation in his body. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, you know, real, real dedication. And, and, and that's funny because almost every one of my analogies is going to probably be football geared. So, all right. Well, everybody across the ball. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I used to play football in high school. I was I Good. I was a kicker, so I don't know if you could say I played, but I I did I was around football a lot in high school. Yeah. And I enjoy football. I just don't I just don't keep up with it. So I can't tell you stats or anything like that. Yeah. But anyway, well, good thing is we're not here to talk about football. So what we're going to talk about, you're with a company called ShiftMed. Um, which, uh, you, can, you can tell us a little bit more about what y'all do. Um, you're the SVP of strategy there. You started as director of operations. So you were running a lot of the operational teams within the business. And you can talk a little bit about that. But now you're overseeing go-to-market, um, new product offering, solution expansion in the market, that type of thing, which is super cool. Um, but you started out in F- FPNA, so why don't you? Can you give our listeners a little bit of like what is FPNA? Why is it important to a SaaS business, and how did you get there to begin with? That's when you and I met, by the way. Yeah, it's that. my uh, my path um, is is definitely a unique one to say the least. So I'm actually an, an accountant by trade. Um, so I you know went to school for accountancy. Um, I came out and was an accountant for, uh, you know, three to four years. Um, you know, people found out that I could actually talk. So they told me to get into finance. I said, okay, let's try it out. Um, and, and really got a, a good understanding of how to, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of people like um, Jocelyn Mangan and everybody that we had at uh, Snag a Job that helped me to make my transition from finance to product. You know, I was I was really able and always wanted to connect to more of just the different metrics and what was actually driving the underlying, you know, operating models for um, all of the financial statements that we would be preparing. Um, and so I think that that ties in to customer success and really is like the basis of how I make all my decisions and where I focus my time, where I try to solve customer pain points, whether that's through uh, our product offering, some new innovative offering, um, or some change, it's always coming down to, uh, you know, some type of metric that I'm trying to move. And it's also just a, a helpful thing from customer success that uh, you can always talk in very revenue terms. So, you yep. know, kind of understanding exactly where we can get the most value by tweaking the model um, is something that I can play out across, um, you know, operating and to, growth in, in, and also future offerings. It just, it, it comes very uh, uh, secondhand to me, so, or second nature. Um, so that, that, that definitely gives um, a, a lot of help into to growing accounts and, and retaining them. Yeah, dude, that, that, that's great. So um, I love what you just said there about talking in terms of revenue. We spent a lot of time thinking about, about that and talking about that in, both in the community and at higher logic, you know, where, where we work, how, how do you tie everything back to revenue? So what, what people, I think you, when you get into a more mature business, you realize that having someone help you model the business behind the metrics, because all those metrics are all outcome metrics, right? They're not, what's actually, they're just reporting on the facts. They're, they're not necessarily helping you change the reality of what the facts are. Mm-hmm. And so that FP&A work, really helps you find out like what's moving the number and how you can do more of that, more of the positive stuff, less of the negative stuff. So it's a really powerful asset. Yeah. And, you know, that's uh, it's even more of a powerful asset for a company like ShiftMed. Um, and, and just a little bit of a backstory, you know, ShiftMed is the trusted workforce solution 
uh, for providing nurses and other healthcare professionals when you need it. So we have over you know, 60,000 healthcare employees right now nationwide. We've got um, you know, easy to use uh, scheduling software for um, you know, skilled nursing homes, hospitals, home health companies, uh, you know, even, even at home community patients can, can request um, you know, open shifts that they need to be filled. And then we match that against uh, you know, our 60,000 healthcare employees. Um, and so we're really helping to solve a lot of you know, staffing problems, you know, very systemic workforce issues across everything nursing and really finding you know, better ways to provide better outcomes and, and improve efficiencies. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting when you, you have a business like ShiftMed where, you know, our operating metrics are also the metrics that matter to all of our clients. So we often say, like, we're not even, um, uh, you know, in, into any type of, like, staffing business. We're actually arrival experts. So we work all the way back up the funnel from, you know, when a shift is requested and where are all the different drop-offs off. So, you know, for us, after a shift is requested, we want to get that fulfilled. Um, so that matters of, of having all the correct credentials to, to pick up a shift. Um, and then we want to work with the client to make sure that that's actually confirmed because in healthcare, your census can change rapidly, right? Every single day you get 10 new patients. Now you need uh, two more patients or five people get discharged, you know, uh, now you need less staff and they have to constantly change this imbalance. Um, so keeping, uh, but making sure that that confirmation rate is as high as possible also makes sure that the healthcare professional shows up at the highest frequency. So we call ourselves most of the time just arrival experts. Um, so that, you know, cause that's what our clients are looking for. They, they don't just want some, uh, you know, software to, to solve their solution. They need a physical person to be walking into those buildings. And we use our model and operating model and metrics to, to essentially optimize that on a week by week basis for all of our clients. That's, that's awesome. I, I mean, you, by the same token, you could call Uber and Lyft, like they're arrival experts as well. Is that the right way to think of it? Yeah. Can you, can you say I say that? That's a 100%. I mean, they're just, you know, if, if you're get if you're if you're booking a trip on Uber or Lyft, they want to make sure that 99% of the time that there's somebody to come pick you up, right? Um, yep. And then it's it's the same thing around confirmation and cancellation. It's like why the Uber app has like the license code, and uh, you know they even have I think now where they'll turn your flashlight on so that they want to make the yeah they want to just make the you know, they want to make that connection because yep. they're, they're seeing, you know, and that's when they get paid is making sure that uh, somebody and, and you have the same, you have the same, uh, it, that's actually a super interesting analogy because then you have all the same interest, you know, things of if the, if the provider doesn't get matched with them, you, you as the consumer still pay a cancellation bonus, right? And we have the same thing of if for some reason something changes last minute can't be, can't have you know, our healthcare professional wants to have the same courtesy extended to them. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very fun and exciting uh, model for sure. Everyone's interests are fully aligned. 
is what yeah. it sounds like, right? And that exactly. that's sort of like the essence of customer success too. Is and and I think it 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 dovetails into what you and I really wanted to dive into, which is there's a really interesting sort of like Uber and Lyft. Y'all don't have contracts with your customers, right? In, in a sense, right? You, you they're not yeah. committed to pay you a monthly subscription fee for you to earn business, exactly. right? So you, you actually have to deliver an outcome for them every time you schedule a shift, every time you schedule an arrival, that's gotta happen for them to be successful for you to make money. So talk a little bit about that dynamic in your business. Yeah, so I mean, that's, you know, that's the most like, uh, that's kind of the emphasis for, for why we're having this call because I think it's just such a interesting con concept of, you know, any, any one of our uh, customers at any given time could just stop requesting shifts, right? And that would be the end of the contract. It's not like they're locked into a, a monthly recurring revenue or an annual recurring revenue, and we can sell them some other new feature and, and add, you know, thousands of dollars more. And so a lot of those historical uh, customer success metrics aren't the best for us, but, you know, we have, um, and we're in a place too where, uh, here's, here's the other kicker. Um, you know, most of our, uh, you know, current clients, they don't even want to utilize an outside labor company, right? Uh, they would prefer to have it all be within house and make sure that they could fill it. Um, so there's a lot of different uh, variables that are important to them and of having the, you know, continuity of care that they're looking for. Um, so we're in a, a constant, you know, week after week, um, cadence of just making sure that we can provide value to all of our customers. Um, and since 2018, when we you know, launched the, the company, we've yet to lose a single customer. Um, and it goes back to you know, just that we are, you know, every single week we're delivering them weekly metrics to understand where their fulfillment rate is, you know, where, they're, uh, where we're having potential even healthcare professionals unable to work. And we think that there could be opportunities to, to adjust credentialing requirements, right? Um, we're monitoring where they're at on their cancellation rates, what their return rates are. We need to make sure that, you know, if, if Jay books in the, uh, this week, that Jay comes back next week because we want to make sure that there's, you know, really good continuity of care and that you're, you're seeing the same, you know, residents or patients on a week by week basis. So, um, you know, that's where we're in, and, and things are changing, they're dynamic, right? So you've got different uh, pricing things happening. You, we've had COVID-19 happen. Uh, we've had to figure out how to work and make sure that everybody's getting the right type of weekly testing frequencies and staying up to date on you know, um, all those various changes. And those have pricing impl implications, right? So uh, making sure that our clients are staying competitive um, and we're seeing lots of innovation in that space too. Like from our customer success teams is where we, you know, are seeing like the lion's share of innovation coming from in, within our company. Um, so, you know, if, if I can expand on that for a second, yeah, we've got go for a pretty it. like, you know, we have like one, uh, you know, really exciting offering uh, that we came up with during COVID-19. I think that, you know, for us, uh, you know, COVID-19 was is, is a terrible thing, but it's, you know, it's during these times that a lot of innovation does happen because people have to figure yeah. out, um, 
other ways to work and, and come up with different things. So, you know, one of the things that uh, we, we observed is that, you know, in, in talking with our customers and the reason that we haven't, learned, you know, lost a customers that we have a lot of empathy for them. Um, so as, you know, we were in the, the midst of like March and April and May of 2020, you know, we saw that bill rates were really skyrocketing. And in talking with a lot of our operators and owners, we, we just didn't see that this was going to be a sustainable trend that they, that they could have. Um, and so as, as you mentioned earlier, like if a nurse gets canceled, they have a really, really high discontent rate for like receiving those cancellations. Um, and during COVID-19, you had so much other stuff going on, right? You had, you know, people were concerned about contracting the, the virus. You had childcare limitations for a lot of our nurses. You have, you know, people that are living with an elderly member, um, and, and, and concerned about that. So we wanted to provide as much certainty as we possibly could to all of our healthcare professionals. So from a lot of our you know, internal surveying to healthcare professionals and then also in working with our clients, you know, we, we found that this, this cancellation rate was, was a real big issue for them. Um, and so we came up with a concept called guaranteed shifts. So what we said to our um, customers is we said, you know, hey, if you could guarantee the work to the healthcare professionals, so if, if they schedule a shift with you and, you know, you end up having to cancel that, you're actually now going to start paying for that entire shift. Um, and then we, you know, allowed that to be marketed to all of our healthcare employees inside of the ShiftMed app. Um, and it was just an, oh, we just got such an overwhelming response from it. So, and, you know, now guaranteed shifts are like 25 to 30% more popular than everything else. Um, they get picked up a day earlier so that all of our customers get like a much more certain schedule. Um, and it turns out that, you know, when you guarantee the work to the worker, they show up at a higher frequency. It's not, not exactly yeah, rocket, not rocket science, science. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and the big thing was for our operators is that we were actually able to start passing that goodwill back to them um, in a lower cost per hour. Sure, um, of course. So they, they, they were able to save, you know, as the bill rates were skyrocketing and, and some, you know, some, some other, um, uh, you know, providers were, were just, you know, going to keep riding that, that wave up. Um, and, you know, we were actually able to lower that during this time. And, um, you know, that's, that's goodwill that we were able to pass to our nurses. And it, it kind of gets back to this theme of just arrival experts, right? Like we, we wanted to find the best yeah. way. And, um, and that's how we've been able to, you know, sustainably work, um, with all of these customers, uh, and, and never lost a single one. I, I love that story. It, the, the part I love about it most is that it, there was a there's a listening aspect of that. And you've got, I mean, just, I think probably everybody's getting the gist from the way you're talking about it, but it's a two-sided market, right? You've got nurses on one hand and then you got facilities and, and other institutes that, institutions that need that kind of capacity. So tell me about the process that like you, you sort of glossed over that part, right? Like, yeah, we listened and we learned. Like, how did you listen? What were you, who was talking to who? Was it the customer success team or the account managers? Like, where was that insight coming from? 
Yeah, so we, we, we call our, our customer success team is, is our account managers. Okay. And so they are, um, and, and they, they have a, um, you know, it's, it's also a, a really, um, it's, it's interesting working with, uh, there is, you know, we, we have a, a loose contract, you could say. Um, and inside of each of these facilities, there's also so many different stakeholders, right? So you've got the, the scheduler who's working day to day to put out all the fires. You know, they're, they're kind of begging, borrowing, stealing, putting, patching the schedule together, <laughs> running around all day long, just making sure that they can fill all the, the slots that they have. Then you've got, you know, more of a traditional director of nursing that wants to make sure that, you know, you're providing the, the quality of care there. Um, and then you have an administrator. Um, that is, you know, making sure um, that, you know, that, that would, they can stay financially sound. Um, and typically, you know, in, in a lot of our customers, they have, and one of the ways that, that we grow um, is they work within larger management companies, right? So about six to seven facilities will roll up into to one corporate structure. And so, you know, how we've expanded across a lot of our markets is just doing really right by one of their customers and then getting a referral to the next and the yeah. next and the next. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, inside of those account managers, you know, fielding, uh, you know, seeing the different itch issues every single week and, and working with the scheduler to say, hey, you need to really monitor this cancellation rate. Hearing concerns from the DON that we're not fulfilling enough shifts and then trying to back back into their operation of, you know, well, hey, if, if actually we could get the shifts posted on an earlier frequency so that we had more time to fulfill it, uh, if you, you know, weren't canceling, you know, 30% of your shifts um, and, you know, uh, you know, all the other various factors that can come into this. And then the administrator at the end getting, you know, all the the invoices and, and seeing the, the cost of this really start to skyrocket, they have to pair all those parties together um, and, and then, you know, translate that over into, um, you know, any of the surveys or, or feedback that we're getting, whether it being on, you know, coming through our own uh, support channels for our healthcare providers. Um, and, you know, and that's where the, in between all of this, uh, you know, the high cancellation rates, uh, you know, increased, uh, you know, cost per shifts uh, is where the genesis kind of came for, you know, making sure that, hey, well, what if we just threw out a concept like guaranteed? And, and it's not like, you know, the, the staffing industry has been around for 30 to 40 years. And this has been uh, one of the, um, one of the antidotes or antidotes that I can give you is that, you know, it's it's always been a, a little bit of a stigma that an agency nurse is less reliable. Uh, and we kind of had a, a newer take on that, that that's not actually true. Like when you look at the scheduling data of that nurse, you know, if she at requests for five shifts and the provider comes back and, and cancels four and confirms the fifth, there's a very low likelihood that they're going to show up for that shift. And right. it's not to say that that nurse was, was, wasn't reliable. It was more that, you know, you kind of broke your commitment that was already offered. Um, and so we, we helped to, 
you know, bridge that gap and, and uh, you know, guaranteed shifts is, is now one of the, uh, one of our leading features that, um, you know, providers reach out to us to is because we, we're not, we're not looking to just increase the bill rate over and over again so that we can get you more staff. Yeah. Um, we're really trying to more holistically, you know, fix this, this problem at, at its core. You actually are, are making the entire industry better. By exactly. That's you know, like, it, it reminds me of, um, so when, when you and I worked together at Snag a Job, just for people's background, I came to Snag a Job through an acquisition of a company called People Matter. And our, our mission statement it sort of started ringing in my head, which I still remember. This is years ago now, but it was in our mission statement was to change the way um, hourly work is done and make it better. Basically, it sort of reminds me of what you're doing, like changing the way that you know providers and nurses work together and making it better for everybody's sake. I, that is yep. truly a customer success driven mission on both ends yep. of the spectrum for all of your customers, and I love it. Yeah. I think I cut you off. You were going to keep going there. No, I just, and that's, that's where, um, you know, in our mission, we're, we're looking to empower as many caregivers as we possibly can. Um, and, you know, so that it was just a, an awesome win-win that we were able to take care of their largest complaint um, and, and pair that in a lot of goodwill for, for our providers as well. Yeah. Everybody, everybody won when you made that decision, it sounds like, and, and you just build a, uh, uh, an old, an old myth that actually, yeah. you know, probably wasn't even true in the first place, which is cool. Um, I, I was thinking a little bit as you were talking about, uh, I want to hear more about what the customer success or account management folks do in your team, because it sounds like a really dynamic role. Yeah. And, and I want you to plug that you're hiring at the end of this too. But I think of three things when I think of customer success management, I think of re- like building relationships. And you talked a little bit about all the stakeholders at play. The, the administrator, the director of nursing who's in charge of quality and the schedule who's in charge of operations, basically, right? And then, so there's those relationships, there's the actions that you're taking on a daily, weekly, monthly basis with those customers. And then there's the utilization of the service, right? Which is where all the data and the metrics come in. So talk to me about your account manager role I mean, yeah. it's, you, you don't have a contract like we talked about. You have more like terms of service, right? Is what it, what it reminds me of. Yeah. As opposed to like a SaaS contract, which is durable, annual, multi-year maybe. So talk to me about that role because it sounds really dynamic. And yeah, so, so these, yeah. Uh, our account managers, you know, they're really ingraining themselves within their portfolio accounts. So they're, you know, they've got to understand the operation because, the way that every facility does things is also different. Um, and, you know, they've got to understand their metrics. Uh, so they've got to know, uh, you know, certain facilities may have a budgeted patient per day um, different than the other. Um, and they want to know where they're at. You know, each of these uh, healthcare facilities monitors that PPD metric on a daily basis. And they're just making, trying to make sure that the actuals meets the budget right on. Because if the actuals is too high, then they're burning too much cost. And if they're below it, they're not hitting the quality standards that they're looking for. Um, and so, and as a part of this of like wrapping around uh, the operation and, and, and ingraining themselves, like, you know, a lot of our uh, success comes to as well of, 
you know, what we do during the implementation, right? So if you think about the implementation and working in a, in a, in a facility where, you know, each of these, I, I always say that you have to think about every one of these facilities as like a small city. <laughs> and like, so it's, you know, if you're driving into, if you're driving into Charlotte, it's a different way in if, than if you're driving into Charleston, right? Um, and there's different directions to go. People act a different way. Um, there's different types of, you know, things that are acceptable, things that aren't acceptable. And so they have to understand that persona of each of these facilities within their portfolio and how they like to operate. Because the, you know, we, we don't have a contract and, you know, the, the, the line at every single time is very thin, right? So you've got 27 shifts, you, you could have uh, 30 different nursing supervisors where if we have a bad shift turn, um, that one nursing supervisor, if she didn't get contacted in, in, in the right way or somebody showed up that they didn't expect, um, there can be a, a lot of friction within this. So, you know, our team, and this is something where the account managers uh, come in as well, is, you know, we, we really invested in our implementation of our onboarding. So we make sure when you're coming on as a client that we understand across every single of your day, evening, and night shifts, where you want us to contact if there's an issue. And we make sure to intake that so that like, yeah. you know, and, and that's something that's available in our software so that our account managers, when something uh, arise, I mean, obviously they're not working all 27 shifts and they can pass that down to our support teams to really make sure that if there's some type of issue that pops up, that the person that can fix the root cause is always known at every single one of those shifts. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, everything that we all do is, is communicate. Um, and you just need to make sure that those communications are going to the right person. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's something that, that we spend a lot of time on. Um, and, you know, we've, we've built, uh, you know, our own proprietary system that's, uh, you know, housing all this, these analytics and, and making them available um, to all of our partners and, and our account managers. They're, they're the arrival experts. They're helping to, um, you know, uh, figure out how to move those metrics, grow their portfolios um, and, and working with those clients. So, you know, something that can come up, you know, pretty frequently is, you know, there can be various credentialing barriers. So one of the things that we track within our ShiftMed app is we can tell if, if per se, uh, somebody went to go try to claim a shift at your facility and uh, you wanted to have um, a one-step, or a, I'm sorry, two-step uh, TB test. Um, and we can see in our, in our data that we actually had somebody try to claim it with a one-step TB test. So the account managers will actually go and work with the the healthcare facility to address those concerns and these opportunities where, you know, do you really need to have that requirement? We, you know, that's not something we haven't yeah. had, you know, uh, tuberculosis since like 1900s, <laughs> um, you know, and, and this person has a pretty recent test, like, can we adjust this policy? How do we go about doing this? How, who do we need to loop in to do that? And when they're able to uncover that value, that now unlocks 
you know, 10 to 20 more shifts for them, right? So now they just took that, they took that weekly customer and just improved it by, uh, you know, could be on an annual basis, $150,000 right on that, that, you know, uh, small change. So they're, they're, they're kind of our. Well, and, that, and that change would also help the, the providing facility exactly. as well, they're, right? They're going to get more arrivals. They're going to get more arrivals, right? So it's like, this is like, you call it account management, but it is the quintessential definition of customer success in that you're using the data to actually make the, the operation happen more smoothly and get the get a better outcome every time. Yep. But that's great. So what skill sets do you look for in these people? Are they coming from the healthcare industry or are you able to teach them that part of it if they're good at relationships, understanding data, can this be taught, I guess, is my question. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we, we have a, a crash course. Um, you know, we actually have a, a very robust um, you know, client success guide that was developed by this team that sent out to all of our partners on a, you know, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis as it's being updated. And it's a Bible that we can share across um, each of our uh, account managers. And really what we find is that Obviously, having some analytical chops does help, um, but the interpersonal skills of this position are are, are very crucial. You're you're going to be working with a lot of people that are really busy inside of these facilities, um, and you know, trying to make and, and find the right contact so that you can deliver the story that you're looking for is 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 a large part of the job. So, um, you know, I would say that probably half of our team. Has previous healthcare experience, but it's not um, not necessarily a requisite at all. Yep, it's actually sometimes we we see that you know we we look more favorably, I would say, on people that aren't healthcare because then they can bring some some new um, perspective to like like we did. Like I we knew right. yeah, yeah I, I knew nothing about healthcare when I made the transition from snag a job over to this. So well, you would never um, know it from hearing you talk. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so blow my mind every time we chat. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you know, never thought I would even usher the words, you know, tuberculosis, manitox, text, you know, like that's <laughs> something that uh, is still kind of blows my mind. And, and I certainly I've never don't even heard what, at least one of those words. <laughs> yeah, I certainly don't certainly probably don't pronounce them right. But, you know, if you're in healthcare, you probably <laughs> understand what I'm saying. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and uh, I think you, you hit on something. So, so the beginner's mind is very real, right? Like being able to access that all the time. And as you learn new things and bring new insights, and, I mean, you hear that about all kinds of startups, right? People getting into, into businesses they had no clue about, and they're able to look at it from a different angle because they've never been there. So that, that's cool. And I, I think that um, some of the other skill sets that you mentioned, like I wrote down as you were talking, find the right contact to tell the story. I mean, just having that tenacity to go in and figure out like, okay, where are the decisions being made? Where are the operational decisions being made? Where are the businesses, business decisions happening? And like, who are the people that are, that are really controlling those discussions? That, like finding those people and then being able to get audience with them to share all this fantastic data that you have, that is a, a, an account management skill set. And I, I talk about it all the time. I mean, account management is a critical piece of customer success. And I think we avoid that sometimes 
But I think we also confuse customer success sometimes because we don't talk about that as being a critical element of it. So sounds like y'all are, are, are seeing that and, and you've got it figured out. Yeah, and I, I think the biggest thing that, um, you know, I, I think that customer success can continue to expand upon is just the cadence that our account managers follow. Like, uh, you know, you, you know, are you, are you coming in each week to your, to your clients and, or partners and figuring out ways to provide value? Um, because, you know, all the, all the, you know, um, metrics that are, we follow across, you know, uh, net retention, gross retention, all these things where it's like understanding, um, if somebody's going to churn or not, right. Um, if you were providing value to them every single week and, and measuring yourself on, under that stick, uh, you know, you will get, you can achieve hundred percent retention. Um, that's, you know, something that we've proved, um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's really everything. And it, it comes down to, you know, if you're, if you, and you probably have some, some symptoms of this where, you know, everybody kind of gets all hands on deck leading up to a renewal. Right. And that's what a lot of people have spent a lot of time trying to like, uh, space out the whole year. Um, so, you know, I think kind of keeping the scoreboard up in front of you at all times, um, is something that, you know, we've really innovated on and, and even showing that scoreboard at all times to our clients to make sure that they can see, you know, how much of value that we're actually providing. Absolutely, man. I love that word cadence. I was actually, I'm reading a book right now by John Maxwell. You know, who John Maxwell is like leadership. Guru. Yep. He's an old dude. Um, it's called the leader's greatest return. And I literally just wrote this quote down as I like an hour before you and I got on the phone here, but it says people don't determine their future. They determine their habits, which determine their future. Right. Yeah, so yeah. like what you're saying about cadence and like, what are the thing? It, and it, it, this goes well beyond customer success as well. Like if you want something to move, you got to put the numbers in front of people. You got to, you got to focus on what matters every day, every week. And that's operations, right? And half of what we do is operations. Some of it's innovation, but a lot of it, once you figure out the innovation is just how do you operate the thing. So yep. love it, man. Love, love what y'all are doing. So we're about out of time here, but if I, I know you're hiring, so give the, give the plug real quick. For yeah, so if you're interested in uh, you know, joining our rocket ship here at, at ShiftMed, uh, check out our LinkedIn or also Indeed Jobs pages uh, to see all the, the hiring that we're doing. Um, and we're currently in the process of a, a nationwide expansion um, and so have lots of exciting opportunities across, you know, every single market, you know, you could think of across the United States. Awesome. And you don't have to have healthcare experience to top into this. No, and, and we actually hire remote too. So uh, completely flexible, um, you know, uh, we, we can hire. And actually, uh, as we continue to expand on, onto the West Coast, um, you know, that's going to be uh, becomes more of a challenge for us, uh, given that we're more of a uh, Eastern and Central time-based company at this time. There you go. Well, you'll have your pick of the litter of the customer success world out on the West Coast for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> awesome. All right, man. How, how can people get in touch with you if they want to connect? With yeah. You? If you want to um, uh, get in touch with me, uh, you can go to my LinkedIn, uh, uh, Jacob Lawfer, or also just jlawfer at shiftmed.com if you have any ideas or questions about anything that we're doing. Uh, love to hear from you guys. 
Awesome. Good to have you, man. Talk to you soon. Cool, man. Yep. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.